Hello and welcome to episode 28 of what we're listening to. My name is Josh. I am one of your hosts. And with me, as always, is my good friend and inventor of the musical curtain, Asher. Hello, how are you, sir? I'm great. What on earth is a musical curtain? I don't know. You told me you invented it. <laughs> is it the one that like comes across when the music is bad or welcomes Ooh. people on when it's good? Or I was picturing in my head some kind of braille curtain that when you move it across, it plays music on the top. But Oh, so... right. Gotcha. Anyway. Um, how are you, sir? Good. I have a little quiz for you. Yeah. Tell me. So... Tell me. Uh, I gave Josh an album by Snarky Puppy um, this week, uh, and I had a, just a general question about them. How many people are in Snarky Puppy, Josh? <laughs> I I know they have a rotating roster. Um, yeah, kinda, kinda. There are. I mean, you can. I'll get if you guess. I'll give you it right or wrong if it's like kind of close to this number i i mean from listening to this record mm. i can hear at least three horn players maybe four drummer bassist mm. i know the bassist is the leader keep at least one keyboardist maybe two <laughs> i think that's a bit too lean of a estimate <laughs> Amount oh, of keyboard. Amount of keyboards. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'll go like twelve. I don't think that's close enough to nineteen to give you. Jeez. <laughs> um, so many so they, people. Yeah, they do have a lot of members. Not that are like uh, they can do without, but they're they do have people like waiting who could be there, who could not be there, and that's okay. And they kind of swap parts around. But there are currently yeah. nineteen members. But they have had over 40 members over the past 14 <laughs> albums. Um, and they're known to kind of swap parts as well. Like if the guitarist is not there, the keyboard player will do his part. And so like uh, yeah, themes yeah, and sense. things will. But it's not. I think Michael League was like, it's not a revolving revolving door, but it's a very amorphous band. Um, I got, I was lucky to see them in New York on a pier one time. This is like a little open show sort of thing. Yeah. And um, Corey Henry, one of the really good keyboard players, um, you might know him from the, the Lingus memes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he was unwell on the night. So they had his Hammond on stage and then kind of had to like unplug it. <laughs> or like, they were like, ah, <laughs> oh, Corey's sick tonight. I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> you know, so someone else is going to do his parts and like yeah. take care of that section. So like. I mean, it makes sense you know, when you have other people, you can arrange things that well. Yeah. Sometimes there are. So there's a song from an older album called Flood, which is on Tell Your Friends. And usually it's the guitar doing the intro. But, a, oh, no, it's usually a, uh, like a Rhodes e-piano doing the intro. Um, but a favorite arrangement by uh, that my brother-in-laws and myself enjoy is with a guitar leading it. So sometimes that's just out of necessity and sometimes that's like just the way it goes. So, you know, yeah. just what they decided on the night. So I like that that can change. And they actually released a big box set of like all their live performances. and. Um, you can kind of hear all the different iterations of the songs throughout the different live shows. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, we'll anyway, get to it. This album you gave me is a live album as well in some fashion. Well, they always record. I Actually, up until 
the most re- like I don't know what their most recent ones are like, but every album mm. they've done is pretty much recorded live, except for like their first few. So okay, yeah, we'll we'll chat we'll chat about that when we get to it. Oh my um, did you have any follow up? I am looking. No, I and I have. I not don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a quiet I, week on the music world, mostly. I think. I mean, usually I follow up stuff from from like our chats um, and looking at the the playlist and stuff. I, to be honest, I didn't get a chance to listen to everything on the playlist from last episode, but I might transfer something from honorable mentions into follow up. So, um, I've been chatting with my friend. Maddie G about something for Kate a little bit more. And <laughs> yeah. I like, I just needed to listen to a little bit more. And so he told me to listen to um, a band called, oh, sorry, an album by them. Now I'm about to, I think it's fictions, but it's not gimme fiction, which you sent me. It's the no, official that's... fiction. Yeah. The official fiction by something for Kate. Um, so I did. I did really enjoy it. It felt like like a very simple and real and kind of traditional album um, where, you know, when mm. maybe it was the mid thousands when we were recording, when people were recording albums, it's like you're hearing just the band. You're not hearing like tons of overdubs and tons yeah. of other like stuff. It's like, this is what they sound like live. This is what they sound like on the record. Mm. So it was nice to hear a band like that because I've been listening to other stuff, which is much more produced. Um, but yeah, it didn't like draw me in. I don't think like I'll have this on rotation, but I, I really did enjoy listening to um, <laughs> the little, the, what's it called? the official fiction. There you go. So yeah. That's the one that, like the, the white cover with like the little red string on it. I think that's the one I've listened to as well a while yeah, ago. Yeah, with the camera tied up with red string. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, that's my only follow up. So, all right. Uh, review time then. Reviews. So, what have you been listening to, Josh? <laughs> I, yeah, I've been bad. Is this year, I, two? year two? I, yeah, I was trying to think when my like journey with shoegaze began. And it actually, I, I remember now. I went to see the artist Baths that we've talked about before uh, oh, play yeah. a gig in Vancouver. And one of the bands that opened for him was a shoegaze band. And okay. before that, I'd never really engaged with any kind of shoegaze music. And it's, they played really well. And that kind of like, oh, I should start looking into this. Anyway, that goes on a long way to say that I have been um, investigating more <laughs> shoegaze bands and... <laughs> This week, I have been listening to um, a French band uh, called Le Nation Fall and their latest or only album called Near. Mm. Um, yeah, which I found. And it's uh, quite beautiful, I think. They, they talk about on their notes how they want to uh, combine the melodic side of dream pop with the more kind of aggressive rhythmic side of like traditional shoegaze stuff. And I think they do a pretty good job on this album actually. Um, Mm. And it kind of lands more in that, uh, more in that slow dive kind of area of nice melody with some 
interesting rhythms behind it to make it work. Um, yeah. So this album has some really beautiful layers on it, especially um, the song called Precious Time, track number three. I think that one's um, particularly not stand out out of this mm-hmm. uh, like sixth track record. Um, yeah. So I've probably talked about you guys probably too many times uh, on the show at this point. Yeah. Um, so I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll give a pass to a lot of the regularities. This this album does a sure. lot of the necessities that Shoegaze does. It has lots of like lovely, you know, distortion and layers and chorus pedals and reverb pedals. And mm. it has all of that. So what it does differently, I think, is it has a lot of um, acoustic sound underneath a lot of the stuff, which I find interesting. So whether it's a gu- acoustic guitar itself or a electric guitar with no pedals, but you can hear the strumming really rhythmically mm. and i think that adds a kind of grounding element to this uh genre of music which often can kind of get a little uh definitionless at times if you kind of let it go a bit wild um mm. so well, i think this re- album kind of yeah reflection kind of heads into like punkish drums territory right that's yeah unique so this is kind of like nice grounding energy underneath um these kind of beautiful tones and sounds and that kind of stuff um so i don't have a ton of nitpick really i if i was being like really fastidious i could say that some of the time the rhythm section doesn't quite match up and the drums are like a little bit off and the bass yeah. is a little bit off but I that's just kind of like it's, it yeah not super tight <laughs> yeah i mean like it's an in, yeah, indie band making an indie record and I guess if they had the money, they'd do another take. But that's that's being a little nitpicky. You know, these guys are doing it. They're making the music together, and that's what it is. Um, yeah. No, you're right. It's super. It's super pretty. Um, I. It kind of reminded me more of like Ozian. Um, they're another mm. slow dive group, which is, yeah, more of that dream poppy sort of thing. Um. I didn't always love the singing on this, like songs like My Dracis or whatever, however to say that. Yeah. Madrasius. Um, but it, it was really nice. I, um, I enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I, yeah, it was a little short because it's an EP and I would have liked to, to hear a little bit more from that. But yeah, for me, I, I think the timing thing bugged me just a touch. Like I felt like... <laughs> Yeah, it just could have been a little bit more tight yeah. uh, as a it's band. Pa- it's particularly but, bad on yeah. one of the songs. Um, okay, in yeah. 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 I, yeah, it's interesting because the last kind of real Shugo's album I sunk my teeth into was the end of last year, which is nothing, uh, The Great Dismal. Mm. And that was like a much more aggressive kind of like black gaze kind of almost metal in some parts and so this is Mm. very different like it's almost kind of cleaner in some ways even like the singing and the the overall tone of the stuff um yeah so i've been yeah it was nice to listen to that's cool yeah so if you're in into some spacious echoey nice shoegaze this is a good place to pick up an album for you know the first half of the year nice um you can do shoegaze reviews anytime, man. It's <laughs> no so shame. bad. No it's shame. so bad. It's almost, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. 
I try not to get hooked. <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of good because, okay, so I think that sometimes we we move on a little too quickly, like in terms of listening tastes of the general public sort of thing. And sometimes yeah. it takes you a long time. Like you're about to discover that I spent several years with Snarky Puppy, like, you know, <laughs> and it takes you a long time sometimes before your brain lets go of something and yeah like i i've been listening to ambient music since like 2012 and it like hooked me in really really tightly and it just takes your yeah interest is a funny thing it just you can't really yeah change it necessarily so you know don't don't feel sheepish about bringing up more shoegaze with me no that's it's (laughs) true so somewhat ironically i would i would feel the same necessity about what you listen to this time trying to tackle that monstrosity of an album (laughs) shall we move into that yeah let's do so um i've been listening to uh, sun lux's third installment of the tomorrow series for the past um two weeks but then also looking back and reflecting on the entire tomorrow's um sort of series and i grabbed the 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 big boxed not i didn't grab the physical box set but i grabbed the 30 track version on bandcamp the other day just so i can hear the whole thing together and um so i have some reflections on tomorrow's three but then also across all the tracks (laughs) as well um so meta big picture like number this is the order of my favorite albums from the tomorrow series three one and two okay i Three has started to be my absolute favorite of this series. I think that Sunlux did a really good job of, um, yeah, just a really nice job of the songs on it. And mm. maybe they could have scattered some of those really nice songs amongst number two as well, because I felt like Tomorrow's Two had one track on it, which I really liked. And then the rest, literally, I just have forgotten. Um the thing that I've wondered over the course of this project is like whether they're trying to fill up space or not. Yeah. I, I think there are like 15 great songs amongst these 30 tracks and you know that I really love instrumental music. And so I'm, I'm down with that. And I've listened to this album, like start to finish a few times and the, the instrumental parts really work well, but I don't know if I would have missed them if they're not there in all the cases. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, but, I think that's, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't know whether they were like, oh, we have like 15 really nice songs. That's too <laughs> long an album. Let's make three albums and then like pad it out. Or they went... <laughs> When we're writing all this cool instrumental music as well as songs, let's just put it all on three albums. Like, I'm super glad they did three parts though, because I could not have handled this 30 track album just dropped. Like I would have <laughs> I would have really struggled to get my head around it. As it was, I've been able to understand each album as it goes. But let me just talk about number three and then we can kind of have big picture stuff again. So like sure. number three starts with this beautiful piece of instrumental music that I would have missed if it was not there. Unbind, the opening of the album, is, like, amazing. Mm. 
and the guitar solo. I actually like the guitar solo in it. It's crazy. Like, okay, Rafik, it, the really interesting thing is that sometimes you don't feel like Sunlux has guitar parts in it. And yeah. then Rafik pulls out these things and you realize like he's really good and his tone and some of the solos on this album are literally one note with like crazy sort of big crushing stuff on the end of them. And I just love, I love that. So yeah. Um, it moves into one of the singles, a different kind of love really. It's a really good song, but the thing I think I've missed over these tomorrow's tracks is like the quick movement of Sun Lux. Like a lot of these songs feel like they're much simpler songs. Yeah. Did you, you get that? The, that's that's one of my notes. Um, yeah. Aside from like the interesting Eastern influences in the music, I think by and large, it doesn't have that kind of snappy energy that some of their older stuff does that I particularly enjoy. Yeah. I feel like they've tried to appeal to a wider audience a little bit more with these tracks. Like, yeah, they're a little bit more e more palatable. Like, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. In, in, a, in a 30 song album. Yeah, in a 30 song concept album kind of Pal way. Palatable. <laughs> just, you know, the everyday, you know, teenager will be just lapping this up, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the progressions are more simple. It just feels more chilled, although there are some very intense parts. Um, you mentioned the, what kind of influences did you say, Eastern? Yeah, it like sounds like kind of Middle Eastern, at least the first track, the very opening does. Of yeah, and the, a lot of, so I really like the way on the this album and all the others that they included lots of like woody sort of real instruments. Um, mm. I felt it reminded me of the Akira soundtrack and some of the like percussive elements on that. Um, I don't know if you've heard that soundtrack, but it's, it's no, really yeah, that good. makes sense. Yeah, it's like kind of, yeah, that kind of, yeah, Eastern feel, more woody sounds. And even the, like, stuff he plays on his keyboards, like samples from Ableton, of, mm. like, obviously sampled, like, prepared piano kind of stuff. Um, I realised I love the guest female vocalist on Tomorrow's 3. So Come Recover is, is beautiful. So is Vacancy. And I think there's another one as well. And I was like, good choice on having like female guest vocalists. I think you really, yeah, sever as well. Um, Come Recover kind of feels like a Laurie Anderson sort of thing. Um, and Sever reminds you of Anna B. Savage, actually. So like these really interesting <laughs> vocal influences. And I was just like, oh, I love this. I, and you know who's featured on the hour um, in terms of female vocalists? Did you see no. that? It's uh, I Lillian Madeline. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just at the end. It's not like a feature, so it's not in the track net, like the artist accreditation, but it's um, a tribute. A, a, a little guest way. vocal. Yeah, they just do some like um, end parts and they mentioned on their Instagram that um, Ryan Lott kind of turned them into a sort of vocoder sound. Um. So Vacancy is the last track and like it is my favorite song over these three. I know that they were kind of going for that and they, they totally won me over. I really love this song. <laughs> and I think the reason I really love it is because it includes, so the first track of Tomorrow's, which is, uh, I can't remember, it's an instrumental track, 
it's the set, like that's the backing of vacancy. So they've tied in track one and track 30 together. Mm-hmm. And I like that bookending of this concept album. And I, I thought it was really good. And vacancy is really just like, I just love the chords and the percussion and the female vocals and, and it's a beautiful melody and it's good. So I, like, yeah, the thing that f- I found funny was like, they really haven't gone for like jams. Like these aren't jams in the same way that like um, changes everything and you don't know me are like really yeah. dancey jam songs. These are more chilled, almost like R&B kind of things sometimes. I don't know. Um, anyway, I've talked a lot. What did you think of what you listened to? Uh, yeah, I, I've tried to have it go through the whole thing now that oh, it's really? out. Um, yeah. yeah, I, it definitely feels more cinematic than an album or like a, like it, like it feels like they're trying to do something rather than just kind of putting out songs, at least with the, the whole project. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like more like theme pieces rather than, um, yeah. But I, I, I do wish there was like an edited version of the full album. <laughs> I did send I, you a little best of Spotify playlist. Yeah, like so, something like that. Like I think, um, I think having the full project is good. Hmm. Um, but I, th- I also would love to have like a more condensed refined edition um you know uh, uh i'm gonna you know use my basic imagery here but you have like your kid a and your amnesiac and mm. you put those both together you have this gigantic like 20 song album that's kind of yeah. all over the place but you could split them up or you could refine one and reject the other. And I think there's some intentionality there that's hard, but would mm. improve this gigantic project into something that's listenable on a regular basis. Cause yeah. I don't want to sit down and listen to 30 songs for like an hour and 50 minutes or whatever it is. I mean, I wouldn't mind. It's so much to go through. <laughs> it is a lot to go through and it's hard to even get it in like one commute um, or like yeah. one sitting. Yeah. And and I but, and I want to get I want to get through it like I want to try but it's just gonna take me a lot of time. Yeah. No. Totally. I and I'm I'm wondering what would have happened if they just really cut you know and made it really lean and really really strong like every single track because I could have done without tomorrow's two. I know that sounds really mean, but like <laughs> there wasn't much on that except for um, live an, um live another life that I really enjoyed it. And so I'm like, well, that's just me. You know, I'm obviously not Ryan, you know, Rafiq and Ian, like these aren't my babies. (laughs) So my babies. Yeah. 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 It's, it's an interesting project and I think I'll need like another year to really decompress it all properly. Yeah. Which is why they probably released it over the course of half a year, you know. Probably. So probably. I enjoyed the fact that each Tomorrow's album was only 40 minutes or 30 minutes or something. So, like, it was achievable to kind of get your head around each part. So, 
Anyway, it's been really interesting to see this new phase of Sun Lux. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a different, yeah, like, so Brighter Wounds was very strong. That was a really good album. Um, I came to like it more and more as I went along. Um, mm. And this has been kind of like, yeah, I feel like they're moving in more uh, a more poppy it like direction with the songwriting ironically <laughs> i know it seems like counterintuitive what we've just said but like the songs themselves feel a bit more accessible than some you know songs like labor and songs like brighter wounds which are very yeah very intense lyrically and musically so yeah anyway okay that's yeah, a somewhat okay review of a massive album. <laughs> Sorry if I'm not giving a, uh, a very... Yeah, I'll keep thinking. That's, yeah, I think that album's going to take some time to digest, like a, you know, a good a good fibrous good meal. meal. Yep, yep. You love uh, your food metaphors, and I believe there are more coming, right? They are, potentially. All right, homework time. Homework. So, as I said at the top of the show, I decided to give Josh um, one of my favorite albums by Snarky Puppy, uh, Ground Up. It was the first album that I heard back in 2011, 20, no, 2012, sort of 2013. Um, I can't remember when it came out. Um, and... This album really blew me away because of the fact that it was recorded live, but then Mm. also because I enjoyed the music so much and just was pretty amazed with the musicality of these musicians. And I thought that it would be time to give Josh one of these and see what he (laughs) thinks. Uh, So, Josh, tell me what you thought of Ground Up by Snarky Puppy. Um, Okay, so... You have to give me a minute to like organize my thoughts for this big jazz funk ensemble. Sure. Into something that's trying to be helpful. Um, so I have a number of points written down here. Um, I first, I, I traditionally don't really enjoy or don't really appreciate new jazz. Um, okay. I find a lot of the time it misses the soul that like, uh, original or traditional jazz has and it kind of forgoes that kind of basicness for attempts at like really fancy technically efficient stuff um, that to me is ultimately kind of boring um, that's what that's my experience mostly with new jazz and then on top of that I think it ties together um, something that kind of rubs me the wrong way is when bands are super super talented and they know it and they make songs like about being super proficient at stuff and play this like really complicated music that i just i don't know maybe it's like my deep down inner australian tall poppy syndrome but i really just like that kind of stuff um (laughs) It's hard to get rid of, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's what's well, like listening. I don't know. It's, I have the same problem with like a eight minute Eddie Van Halen guitar solo as I do with like yeah, a super yeah, I get complex that. jazz band doing like you know paradiddle sixteenth hit alternate rhythm stuff. You're like, okay, fine. 
You can sometimes, do that. Sometimes I send stuff to my mum and she goes, oh, that's music for musicians. <laughs> and she's a musician. But like she goes, it's music for musicians. Like it's not yeah. enjoyable in its own right. I'm like, not like I, I agree I, with you about snarky, but I get what you mean. I like I watch the performances of some of their stuff yeah. and they're just like in a big room and this like scattered out like middle-aged white people with headphones on just kind of sitting there nodding their heads slowly. <laughs> and I'm like, this is kind of soulless to some degree. I anyway, it may be too harsh already, but um that kind you of mean all the, goes along. You mean the band is soulless or the people listening are soulless? <laughs> I will not comment on either of those. Um, I, long, long story short, I'm yeah. I'm a neurotic mess when it comes to this kind of music. Basically, um, I've uh, I've played a lot of jazz in my time, and I love. I, I think it has a lot of potential to be incredible, but a lot of the time, people prefer to be impressive rather than uh, melodically musical in terms of like. I don't know. Maybe that's snobby of me to say. If um, I play the devil's advocate, is not like it. Miles Davis's intention to be very impressive rather than like just musical? Like, I mean, I don't really listen to much Miles Davis. Okay. I don't, what I don't kind find of stuff that do you mean then? What kind I, of. Yeah. It's kind of sprawling. Um, I mean, I'd probably say my favorite musician jazz musician is probably chet baker um because okay. of his simplicity stuff um but there's like other stuff out there you know and anyway um I, I haven't written down what my favorite jazz is but i i prefer it when things focus on melody rather than being impressive i guess is a long way to short way of saying that um, you know the crazy thing is that like i was re-listening to this and going yeah, they are quite simple sometimes and they do focus a lot on these like melodies. It's kind of almost like, yeah, like more poppy jazz. <laughs> that was my reaction <laughs> upon re-listening to it. And your reaction is nah. like, they're too complicated just for the sake of being complicated. <laughs> I So there are some pieces of this band I do like. I like the horns um, yep. as a former horn player. The horns are great. They're nice and tight and they sync up with the drums in a lot of really impressive ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. I find myself making the face like when you like eat Brussels sprouts for the first time as a kid, whenever the, like the keyboardist does anything, uh, or the multiple keyboardists, they just, oh man, those keyboard solos just send me to a different dimension of dislike. You mean the, the Moog, like, um, yeah. Sean Martin. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, can I interrupt for a moment? I mean, Go for it. So, like, so do you mean like the keyboard solos are so not trad jazz and they're a bit white? Is that what you're saying? I I mean, I just like jazz aside. I just just like everything about the the like okay. twinkly. Um, ah, my goodness. Because to me, when I first heard those Moog synth solos, um, I was like, oh, that is such a cool idea. Like. You've got these like acoustic jazz instruments and then you've got like Moog synthesizers usually used for like doing crazy synth stuff in the 60s. Now playing these beautiful melodies on top of like 
these jazz fusion arrangements. I was like, that's a cool timbre. Like that's really like a unique <laughs> sound. I, I Like, I mean, and re-listening to it, yeah, my first impression was like, okay, it's a little bit pop, but it's not really like, it's not really offensive in other ways for me. So it's really interesting that you... I, I, you hear those I can't hack those keyboards, dude. They are. <laughs> Did you like Binky? Did you listen they're to like, the song Binky? They're like Frank Zappa, like a nice museum, like a quiet museum. And there's just like this guy going like super ham on a keyboard. Um, Binky is the Zappa, second last song on the thing, isn't it? I uh, should look at the track listing. Binky's in the middle. <laughs> I yeah I mean the I listened to it a number of times and I had trouble f- like finding a song that like really caught me in a good way probably the first one um things of gold and then young stuff are probably my two favorites in the album yeah um you liked thing of gold with its like five key changes I mean um I would say about thing of gold is that its compound transgressions were less than other songs Okay. Um, I I don't mind it as much, especially as like a song like uh, I don't even know how to say this, like Minjor, 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 yeah. Well, oh because goodness. it's major and minor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know it's it's punny. They they're not going for pro though. They're oh going goodness. for like fun. Michael League. So Michael League's the bass player, you know, and the leader of the band. Yeah. He he doesn't strike me as a guy who takes himself too seriously um, and has a lot of fun doing yeah. these. And so I think they just emphasize fun over, like, kind of being real jazz heads. I don't know. I, th- I, I think if somebody showed that song to me as, a, like, a teenager, it would have turned me off music. <laughs> You're just being a brat now. I am. But, so, yeah, I... I feel like this is La La Land and you are whatever that dude's name is. Maybe. And I am John Legend. I'm a crazy person. I, I, no, it's fine. So, you see, I, I don't mind the, the, like, the band and its purpose. Like, it's, I'm glad yeah, yeah. that there is a jazz fusion band existing now getting attention mm. and acclaim for being super talented and being relatively popular in that sphere. I think it's a good thing. Um, I just don't think that this flavor is anything that I can appreciate. <laughs> oh, that's totally fine. And I don't, yeah. I'm not trying to argue into liking it. Um, you, you just sent me a text saying, get ready to defend Snarky. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, like I have read, like I told you before, like it's like salty Danish licorice, right? Some people really like that stuff. Some, some crazy Danes really like that stuff. I, I don't, don't really know what you're talking about. I, I don't really like licorice in the first place that much. Right. Um, and then this this comes along and says, hey, we're like more esoteric than your regular thing. How about you jam down with like our eight minute song and then mild keyboard solo in the middle of it? And you're like, hey, yeah, I don't know. I had a hard time is what I'm trying to say. That's fair. That's that's fair. And that's what this is. Po- this podcast is about is like, yeah, again, I didn't give this to you. To troll you like i know you like jazz and i like i know you like interesting music um but i totally get that you yeah you're just kind of not down with the the vibe necessarily so yeah I mean, you I like th- the idea yeah i think i need to like 
refine my appreciation of what kind of jazz that I like. Cause it's not broad by any means. Like I, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm, I don't, anyway, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop t- talking about myself and what I like. Um, no, it's fine. It's all good. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, the, the guys in this band are super talented and I've seen a number of interviews with their current drummer, Larno Lewis. He's a super oh, yeah, nice yeah. guy. And He's like he's so flipping good at the drums. It's ridiculous, yeah. and I appreciate well, that. I I told so on this record. It's a guy named Sput, and yeah. he did a few of the arrangements too. He wrote um, Bent Nails, um, and sent it to the guys. Sent them like a garage band file, and they were like, "We can't find the one on this track. Like <laughs> we don't know where one is." Um, if you listen to that song, man, it's hard. Anyway, but then the next album, We Like It Here, um, they had Larnell Lewis play drums. And I think he came in literally a couple of days before they recorded the album live. Yeah. And he kills it. Like, like he's been playing these songs since he was born. Um, I almost gave you that album, but I wanted to give you the first album that I kind of fell in love with. Um, and as I said, like, since I listened to these guys in 2013, I spent several years, maybe up until 2015, listening to them. Um, and I have really appreciated their stuff. I really <laughs> love their melodies. And if, if you're keen, if you liked what I have said, then maybe <laughs> check out... <laughs> Maybe check out their previous album, Tell Your Friends, their album afterwards, We Like It Here. And I even enjoyed their album with an orchestra called Silver. That one I was thinking about last night and going, oh, I need to re-listen to that one. So Mm. if you're keen, there's a lot of material out there. Like I said, 14 albums worth. Um, Wow. And yeah, they've done a lot. They've collaborated with a lot of people. So yeah, don't don't listen to me. I'm a a nitpicker. No, 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 no. Listen to Josh. Take what he says and take what I say and you can make up your own mind. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm glad there was like a little bit in there for you that you enjoy, Josh. I'll, I will always enjoy horns no matter what they're doing. They're, they're very good horn players. They're so, very good horns. Yeah. All right. On a, <laughs> on a very different <laughs> note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell everyone what you gave me. Um, all right. So, I yeah, I've just kind of been digging around various like alternative indie bands that I loved years ago I guess giving to Asher and so I decided to give him the fifth album by the Texas band Spoon um mm. and it's kind of hard to pick out what exactly is Spoon style cuz they kind of change album to album sometimes but this album Give Me Fiction and the previous one before it are kind of I think uh one of the easiest phases of theirs to enter into because there's the much more melodic songwriting going on. And yeah, um, it's, it's quite poppy in some ways. Um, anyway, I, I think Spoon are quite interesting, but tell me what you think, sir. Yeah. I think we were talking, were we talking about like, uh, bread or, or, um, <laughs> who are the other bands? Is it, what are all these one word, like spoon, bread, and something else? Anyway. I mean, I, I think of cake, but I haven't given you them. Cake, yeah, cake. I was just like, yeah. And then I think you mentioned spoon. I was like, I don't know any of these bands, really. I know of them, but I don't know them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was, this was kind of brand new for me. I hadn't heard anything by spoon. Um, and my, my first impression, I think the text I sent you was like, 
man, it's like John Lennon. Um, <laughs> the opening track I really have enjoyed. I've had that in my head for quite a, you know, the past two weeks. And um, the what's it called? The Dragon, the, the Beast, Beast, the and Dragon, the Dragon adored. adored. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's like the the honky tonk kind of piano and like the strong band sound and then like the multi-track vocals it kind of feels like it could be the white album or the beatles you know but like mm. a different alternate universe kind of thing so yeah i re- i even enjoyed the solo in this song so you know <laughs> that's saying something um i feel like i've heard two sides of monsieur valentine before is it in a movie or something like uh, a number, of, a number of these songs are in a couple of films, actually. Okay, it just yeah. yeah, the tone feels like something I've heard before someone somewhere. I liked like that too. Um, I I saw that I turned my camera on was like a single, um, and a popular one. I I didn't mind it. It got a little bit boring after a while. That same kind yeah, of groove. But you know what it reminded me of i reckon arcade fire's later stuff got a bit of an influence from this like reflector slash um everything now kind of like that high vocal on top of these dry sort of hits on the band so yeah i guess i could just remind me of that yeah just remind me a little bit of that uh, i don't know which song from arcade fire but just a vibe (laughs) um the thing I noticed was like there were a lot of jams like that were just staying on the same chord or like a similar progression, and they a few of them got a little bit boring. Like mm. uh, my math, my mathematical mind, another kind of jam song, kind of cool, but like yeah, just after a while it got a little bit boring. Yeah, I um, was uh, I was worried about this because I think the the two main guys of the band are the singer guitarist and the drummer, and so a lot of the songs are kind of oriented around those two together a lot of the time Hmm. and so it can can lead to this kind of more jammy single note nature sometimes i thought of afterwards and that's not terrible i just was like oh okay i like maybe i should put this on while i was driving or something like that just because it's it's got that movement and feel and doesn't it's not necessarily asking for me to like really be listening super closely but just to enjoy the vibe um yeah like I enjoyed um, uh, uh, Sister Jack, like another one that was just extremely Beatles. Um, and I've got here the end was clever. I haven't written why, but I, I remember the end of that song being quite clever. Um, <laughs> I actually I know what you're talking you about. Nice. You do know what I'm talking about? I do what you're talking about. They, they add a couple of notes at the very end just to change up the, the key shape a bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I Summon You here is nice. The offbeats drum is cool and kind of, again, like feel like Modern Man by Arcade Fire could have like been influenced by that. But yeah. so I just, I feel like I see some sort of connection. Like I, I, some of the members from Arcade Fire, is Wynn from Texas? No, they're all Canadian. No, as, no. As, as, as far as I know. Wynn's American. From- they're they're Montreal. My brain just says Montreal. You say Arcade Fire. I don't actually know where yeah. they are, they are physically from. No, but like Win Butler was American and moved to Canada. Man. He's an American Canadian singer songwriter. Um. Uh. Look in Canada, we take them as they come. Okay. 
born in California. And I'm then right. we absorb them into our country <laughs> and claim that they've always been ours. Remind me to talk about Canada later on and that <laughs> Godspeed you interview. Okay. Okay. Um, Anyway, overall, I really like this album. I, I enjoyed the kind of like movement and the kind of classic rock and roll feel. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I really love that era of Beatles. So this is, this is going to be a winner in my books. But it didn't like, I didn't do anything overly innovative for me. Um, I enjoyed listening to it. Uh, first half of the album is more enjoyable than the second half. Just felt like there were cooler songs there. But um. Yeah, like I, I don't know if I'll put it back on again just uh, anytime soon. Like it was cool mm. to listen to, but it's not one that's like sticking in my mind of like, oh, yeah. maybe a road trip or something. I don't know. No, like I think you're right. I, um, A, I had never heard anyone say Lennon about Spoon before, but when you said it, I was like, oh, actually, that makes a lot of really? sense instantly. Yeah. I mean, oh. Um, it's like the first thing I thought when I played the, the Beast of Dragon Adored. You're right. You're you're absolutely okay. right. Um yeah. but I, yeah, Spoon's one of those bands that has a lot of uh lot of stuff and a lot of it's spread out. A lot of the good stuff's kind of spread out over a lot of different albums. And so it's kind of hard to you know, pick a place and start. So this is kind of the first album that I listened to by them that I enjoyed. And they they have a lot of other good songs and a lot of other different albums. It's kind of hard to get around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It is very Beatles. Yeah, now that I think about it. No, it's cool. And sorry, like people should know. I I like associations. I like I like connecting musicians to other musicians because it helps me understand it. So not everyone's always related to someone else, but in my mind, I just kind of place things there. But yeah, if you enjoy that kind of Beatles era, you might enjoy this. So should give it a give it a go. You know? I'll tell you what. When I saw them on stage, they did not play like the Beatles. They played like a rock okay, band, yeah. which is good. Well, their drums are a bit different, aren't they? <laughs> Less. You, you you live Ringo stupid. alone, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Honorable mentions, Sam. Honorable mentions. Yep. This is a compilation album from the record label Duo Tone, Dual Tone, okay. um, called Americinda, uh, and it's a it's a it's a folk record label in America, um, duh, and uh, they're celebrating twenty years, and so they're having a number of their artists do swap covers, um, which I think is pretty oh, cool. cool. And I got this brought to my attention because one of my favorite folk musos. Um, Gregory Allen Isakov and another oh, more poppy yeah. band, the Lumineers, are doing trade songs. So I thought that's kind of cool. Uh, that's why you brought up Gregory. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of so. I I love Gregory Allen Isakov. I think he has a very very beautiful approach to making melody, and he often does it with a very light touch on the banjo of all things, with kind of like some yeah. symphonic elements with that. And so he kind of has a very cool. Cool's the wrong word. He has a very uh, comforting uh, melodic approach. So hearing him take on other songs, I think, is a, is a cool thing. So I'm excited to kind of give that a listen. Um, so I've been, I've been listening to his cover, but I haven't actually listened to the whole thing yet. Nice. Um, and then is it kind of coming from very opposite dimensions of my musical world? But um, two singles. First... Um, from Billie Eilish, 
Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's got a new album coming out sometime soon. I don't actually know the date. Um, and I'm not like a big, you know, Billie Eilish crazy fan, but she is obviously a person worth paying attention to in the music industry because, you know, she's, you know, a young kid who's done so much and gets so much attention. So I listened to the new single and it was interesting um, how non-electronic it was in some way. Like a lot of her music is much more, you know, beat sample keyboard based. And this is mostly kind of acoustic guitar, some strings. It was very different and it was much slower than her other stuff. So um, there was like a little s- bit of sneaky electronica in there, which um, yeah, was a tiny bit, some of the pulses and things. Um, so I'm interested to see if she kind of goes like a more of a ballad direction with this album. I don't know. Like it's, it doesn't seem the same as before, which I guess is good. Um, yeah. And then you sent it to me and I, I gave it a listen and I like, um, it wasn't, wasn't bad. I quite liked uh, upon reflection and my mum actually sent it to me too on the same. (laughs) Um, and she really liked the lyrics and I agree that like the lyrics were really thoughtful and really interesting. So that's cool. Billy Eilish has always struck me as a bit odd because like she's enjoyed by like really alt teen sort of demographic Mm. her songs can sometimes be really poppy like i'm the bad guy always strikes me as kind of a bit maybe because it's been mashed up with that crazy kids tv show (laughs) sometimes so much that like i just equate it with being like this like it's supposed to be like this weird demented circus thing and so like I kind of don't equate her with like really edgy oh, music. I equate her with like kind of more mainstream, but I was I mean, not expecting you to talented. bring up a hero town meme. I sure I was not expecting that. <laughs> but I really love, I actually oh. really love the way her and her brother work together on their music. Like he's, yeah. he's a really great producer and she's a really good songwriter and it's great, great combo. So, you know, all power to them. And I, I, I will actually oh, give geez. this next one a listen because I just didn't, I've never really listened to Billie Eilish, but Ugh. I should actually. I got tears in my eyes. Oh, you'll be oh, you enjoyed that one, did you? It, it has 18 million views in the space of like three days already. So, oh, the new good. song. Yeah. Oh, um, all right, and then in a completely different direction, I have also been listening to the latest single from uh, American folk singer songwriters, The Mountain Goats, um, as to fill up my like old man curmudgeon quota. Um, yeah. They've always kind of been around things I should listen to, but I haven't ever really put a lot of attention into them. Um, so I've been kind of like, oh, they got a new album coming out. I'll listen to the single. Um, and it was more country mm. than I was anticipating, but it is quite nice. It's, um, it reminds me of like the first two Wilco albums, which are way different from their later stuff. Um, mm. A little more Western, a little more kind of a long-winded folk songs and lots of words. So. Um, and then lastly, um, I have reverted to an old staple of like doing work music, which is like lo-fi hip hop, you know, kind of basic computer nerd worlds. I Um, always listen to a lo-fi hip hop, like, like each week it's on when I'm working. (laughs) So I've been going through uh, a guy's uh, library called Kudasai, Kudasai Beats, um, Uh on Bandcamp, um, and I think he has some great production style and it, I don't know, this could be me reading into it, but it feels a lot more 
um, analog and less sampley. Um, a lot of stuff like it's more played rather than uh, spliced together, which I kind of enjoy mm. more. Um, so I think uh, Kudasai has been he's been on rotation while I've been trying to do stuff around the house. You know, anyway, nice. that's all me. How about you, sir? That's cool. It's a nice mix there. Yeah. Oh, tell um, me about Canada and a certain interview you wanted to as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll put that first. Um, so I sent you a win- uh, um, an interview with uh, Ephraim Manuel Manuk from you God's certainly did. Black Emperor. You certainly um, did. <laughs> so this popped up on the subreddit and someone was like, this is one of the few interviews you can find with anyone in the band. And it's an interview with the one of the guitarists from and like the main guy from Godspeed You with yeah. a rat puppet on some yeah. pitchfork, pitchfork kids TV show. Like, I don't even know what this thing is. From like 2012. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pop this in the show notes. It's a bit of a wild ride. I really did like the comment where, where he's like, the rat goes, oh, um, I don't know what's happening out there. Sorry. Um, That's all right. Uh, so it's like, oh, you know, you're from Canada. There's some great music from Canada. He's like, yeah, there's a lot of bad music in Canada. There's some good <laughs> music. <laughs> it just it just made me giggle anyway. Um, and it's a very sweet little interview, but very weird as well. And I did like at the end, it's like, oh, our kids love to dance to songs. Like, can they dance to one of yours? It's like, uh, you know, some of us have really slow parts in the middle where they'll have to kind of do a slow dance, but then this one will work. <laughs> and then the kids are like dancing to this post-rock dirge in the next scene. It's so like, weird. What is going on here? <laughs> Those poor kids, dude. I know. Anyway, I'll put that in the show notes. There you go. Um, I just have a couple of things. Um, this past two weeks, I've been listening to a playlist that came up a few months ago for International Women's Day, which was the Women of Ambient playlist. And it's really beautiful. I've been loving a lot of the pieces and kind of um, following them on Spotify as uh, things have come up. So I'll put that that playlist in the show notes. It's really lovely. Mm. Um, Another ambient record I've been listening to, and I've been meaning to talk about this for a while, two artists who I really enjoy, Micah Dale Pick and Benjamin Malk. Um, released an album together on Flag Day Recordings called It Feels Great But The Planet Is Dying. I think <laughs> I might have mentioned this before when one track came out, but I'm yeah. currently holding the full the full album, which is uh, beautifully done, and I've listened to it a bunch of times now and really have enjoyed these textures. It's like ambient modular synth stuff. So um, if you dig that kind of thing, give it a listen. Um. And the last thing I have, I kind of had a, a wig out moment about a week ago when <laughs> I saw a clip of Karen Carpenter playing drums <laughs> and you did I, you were involved in this. Um, yeah. I was just, I came across this, across this clip on Twitter of Karen Carpenter when she was like 19 or something playing yeah. drums with some people. Like, and, like bef- um, before the Carpenters even existed. Uh, yeah. So she's playing with this like bass player and pianist and like they're just going nuts oh sorry the pianist is her brother sorry um and they're just going nuts and she her her playing is incredible and when i was like sharing it around a lot of people like i didn't even know she played drums and so (laughs) evidently the carpenters which i haven't heard much of um are a little bit more soft folk um but she (laughs) is a a fierce drummer. So I might pop a few clips in the playlist and 
I was just pretty blown away by that. So yeah. Um, that's that's all for me. Uh, we have to do something special though for our homework for next week. That's right. So, <laughs> I forgot uh, about this. You forgot about this, but uh, I have here our little spinner, and we are going to find out what our homework theme is for next week. You ready? Uh, fingers crossed. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I'm just unmuting my phone. Here we go. Uh, it says random Bandcamp album again. I'm going to spin it again because we've already done that one. Do it. Um, it is classics. So that means we select a decade. Oh, no. No, we just. No, I think. Uh, classics. No, sorry. Decade is a different one. Classics. So we get to select each other a classic album of our own choosing. So. Okay. We can decide that later, but there you go. So Ooh, I got, I got uh, the perfect one, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. I, I think I actually have one as well. So I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Should I finish off? Yeah, do it. All right. Thank you for listening to what we're listening to, episode 28. Wow. Ooh. We are nearing our 30s. What does that mean? I don't know. You need to stretch more. You need to make sure that you do regular exercise. Think about financial planning, other things like that. Um, please, if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it around on socials. Give us a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. And yeah, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we've been posting more of our favorite albums there and things that are coming up and news and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's a good place to be. So thanks for listening again, and we'll look forward to catching you next time. See you, Josh. See you, mate. Bye.